Whispers on this feeding journey. I'm Dr. Evka with the Feeding Handbook. I empower mothers whose young children have challenges around food, a limited variety of safe foods, loss of appetite, or medical symptoms that, that might contribute to a fear of feeding. As a family physician turned life coach whose own child struggled with feeding, I get you. My mission is to guide you on this feeding journey in an actionable, research-based way as I've been there. I've done that. I have the marks to prove it. And I wanted to help take away your, your fear and confusion. You have been feeling overwhelmed with a child who has challenging mealtime behaviors, picky eating, a feeding tube, only dream feeding, oral aversion, sensory defensiveness, or food allergies, including FPIs. It's your time to feel different. Let's do this. The other day, I was talking to one of my friends, and I mentioned how excited I was to start this platform. I was going to help all of these parents of children who had challenges around food or feeding challenges. My topics will include how to feed a newborn baby, newborn feeding guidelines, and how to feed a toddler who refuses to eat, how much a toddler should eat, and eating. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> like, I was just going to talk about all of the stuff related to feeding. I was going to talk so much about it. I want to tell you more about what happened to my friend. She got excited not only for me, but also her. You see, the field of pediatric feeding disorders or children with food allergies is still in its infancy. There's still so much that we don't know yet, and there's misinformation out there. Many parents try to get help from professionals, and not every doctor has seen a child with significant food allergies, especially the, some of the non-IGE types, or has seen a child with a feeding tube. When you say that your child eats only the same five foods or takes hours to feed or vomits after eating certain foods and your child seems to be growing okay, the medical professional might order some blood work or, or perhaps ask you some few other questions. Yeah, if all that seems okay-ish, you might be told that all of this is normal. There's nothing really going on with your child. It's all in your head. It's your anxiety. You should just relax and rest more. Yeah, for you, all of this feeling seems distressing. And in your gut, something just doesn't seem right. As I was discussing my feeding platform with her, my friend told me, I'm so excited for this. I know that you have wanted to start this for a long time, and I think you're going to be really successful. Really? Me? I was surprised by her response because in my head, I felt like no one was really yet listening to me. She just laughed at me and said that people will listen. I just need to give it time. Then a few days later, she called me and said, just, wow, just listening to that episode about what to do when your family is denial over the feeding, it was great. That's exactly how I was feeling. Like I was in some kind of an alternative reality where other people were just not getting it. During the holidays, my family watched my three-year-old take one hour to eat each meal, each and every meal. I told them that I was concerned about how long it was taking my child to feed. And their response? This is all normal. This is what all three-year-olds do with every single meal. They take an hour to eat it. And it's, you know, it's not really true. But that's what they told me. It felt like I was living in a twilight zone. I then asked my friend, what did you think of the other episodes? And she responded, I haven't listened to them yet, but I do have a question for you. Why do you keep mentioning in your episodes that you help mothers of children with food allergies? 
At first, I couldn't quite figure out what she meant. Of course I helped them. I co-wrote a best-selling book about food allergies. Why would I not try to help them? Children with food allergies can have feeding challenges too. In fact, by the nature of having a food allergy, they have challenges around food. Yet to my friend, having a food allergy and having a pediatric feeding disorder were two completely different things. I get her point. A food allergy happens when a child eats a specific food and they have an immune system reaction to it. A pediatric feeding disorder happens when a child eats a specific food, but it does so in an impaired way that is now age appropriate. There are many reasons for pediatric feeding disorders. Likely, a number of different co-occurring factors contribute to the development of a pediatric feeding disorder. Having a child with a food allergy can predispose someone to developing a pediatric feeding disorder. In fact, preliminary research shows that children with food allergies may be overrepresented at feeding clinics compared to children in general. That's what I want to discuss today. I want to discuss what food allergies have to do with pediatric feeding disorders. Uh, the three M's of pediatric feeding disorders, your mindset, medicine, and your child's mastery. Today's topic is going deep into the medical realm to discuss food allergies and how they can affect feeding. They won't affect it in the same way in every child, but they will in enough children. Yet to my friend, having a food allergy and having a pediatric feeding disorder were two completely different things. I get her point. A food allergy happens when a child eats a specific food and they have an immune system reaction to it. A pediatric feeding disorder happens when a child eats a specific food, but it does so in an impaired way that is now age appropriate. There are many reasons for pediatric feeding disorders. Likely, a number of different co-occurring factors contribute to the development of a pediatric feeding disorder. Having a child with a food allergy can predispose someone to developing a pediatric feeding disorder. In fact, preliminary research shows that children with food allergies may be overrepresented at feeding clinics compared to children in general. That's what I want to discuss today. I want to discuss what food allergies have to do with pediatric feeding disorders. Of the three M's of pediatric feeding disorders, your mindset, medicine, and your child's mastery, today's topic is going deep into the medical realm to discuss food allergies and how they can affect feeding. They won't affect it in the same way in every child, but they will in enough children. Hi, I'm Dr. Fkat. I'm physician and mom to young childhood fed reluctantly. I remember feeling so scared and so alone. It was hard for me to find the answers and solutions as to why my child had significant feeding challenges. It was hard to improve the feeding. Fast forward past many doctor's visits, lots of reading, multiple certifications in various aspects of feeding, and many feeding therapy sessions with me as the mom. You'll see a mom and a child have come a long way in the feeding department. Life feels so much less scary. I have so much more powerful knowledge regarding early childhood feeding. Feeding has become easier and I have more of my life back. I created this Feeding Hemba podcast as I want you to have actionable, simple, step-by-step -step strategies so that you don't have to feel as scared or as alone as I once did. If you have questions about nutrition and picky eating, if you have a young child with lots of symptoms but no good solutions regarding why feeding seems so much more difficult than you would expect, 
If you have a diagnosis and you do not know where to get good, actionable, step-by-step -step information, you're in the right place. So let's get learning. Just remember that this material is for educational purposes only. I'm not your doctor or feeding therapist. If your child has specific medical concerns, please see your doctor or other members of your healthcare team. Today's episode is sponsored by the F. Pies Handbook because why not? It's a good book about the subject of food allergies. I love some of the reviews that you have uh, given me on that book. If you have reviewed it, I'm so grateful for you. The two most recent reviews said something along the following lines. The last reviewer wrote, I've learned more from this book than any doctor or specialist we have seen. Thank you. The reviewer before that said, this book is a must-have since many doctors aren't knowledgeable when it comes to FPIs. I keep in my diaper bag in case I need to educate someone. These reviews melted my heart. I have not taken any money off the sale of the book, uh, so I'm really grateful that you found it to be helpful because I have made zero dollars off of it. You can get it on Amazon. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. What do we know about some children who have food allergies? What can their challenges around food and feeding look like? Let's talk about this in terms of concerns uh, about mealtime behavior. Who is most likely to think that their child is having challenges around mealtimes? Is it the parent or is it three-year-old? It's the three-year-old going to sit there and say, hey, I know that my parents don't really talk about this, but I actually eat a lot fewer foods than other children my age, or I tend to be more afraid of food than other children. The three-year-old is not going to say that. If you're anything like me, then you have never seen a three-year-old say that. Both sentences like that. Instead, the person who is concerned about the mealtime behavior is the mom or the dad. They're the ones that seem worried about how the child is feeding. And when research asks about child's feeding, they ask the parents. In fact, they have come up with a questionnaire to ask parents about their children's feeding. Uh, they gave this questionnaire to parents of children who had some typically developing feeding behaviors, and then ones who had certain medical conditions like type one diabetes, and some who had bona fide doctor-diagnosed pediatric feeding disorders. In fact, they have given these questionnaires to parents of children who also have food allergies. A few years ago, researchers used one of these questionnaires to learn about the mealtime behaviors of seven-year-olds who were diagnosed with various food allergies. About a hundred percent parents at pediatric food allergy clinics filled out the questionnaire about the young children's feeding. Now you might be asking yourself, what kind of questions did the questionnaire ask? Are you ready to hear this? Say yes. Okay, no, I can't really hear you, but say yes. Anyway, or if you're watching this on my YouTube channel, hit like like in the comments. This is going to be a litany of some of the questions and I wanted to help you get through it by having you do something right before. Something to perk up your attention. Maybe this exercise worked for some of you. Are you ready to do this? Today's is a very special treat for you because I'm going to ask you if you can figure out the questions to the Behavioral Pediatric Feeding Assessment Skill. Are you ready? Say yes! Yes! I'm going to give you a summary of the questions without trying to do it word for word. I think that this questionnaire is proprietary and I do not want to break any copyright 
laws, but I want to give you a sense of like where does your child fit on the feeding behavioral scale. So here is the summary of the questions that were asked. Number one, what kind of food does your child eat? Does your child eat fruit, meat, fish, milk, starches, and vegetables? Number two, how does your child behave even before getting to the mealtime table? Does your child enjoy junk foods at other times of the day, but when you try to get them to eat at the mealtime table, it's a whole different experience? Is there food refusal? Does your child come readily to the mealtime table? Number three, how does your child act at the mealtime table? Does your child have temper tantrums when asked to eat? Does your child take longer than 20 minutes to finish a meal? Do they have a poor appetite? Would they rather talk than eat? Number four, what kind of symptoms does your child have when eating? Problems chewing food, vomiting while eating or right afterwards, spitting food out? Number five, how do you, as the parent, behave around mealtimes? Do you try to persuade your child to take another bite? Do you threaten them? Do you try to force them to eat? Number six, how do you feel around mealtimes? Do you feel anxious or frustrated when feeding your child? Do you feel sure that your child has had enough to eat? Do you feel in control when it comes to managing your child's feeding behavior? Do you worry about your child's feeding effects? Do you worry about how your child's feeding affects their overall health? Done. We've made it through the list. Do you see yourself in some of those questions? How do you think that you would respond? As you go through this, are you thinking, yeah, my child has a lot of those mealtime behaviors. Did you say, yeah, you pretty much captured what I do and how I feel when it comes to feeding my child. My guess is that if you have a child who has been diagnosed or could potentially be diagnosed with a pediatric feeding disorder, then you might not be eating a large variety of foods with your child. It might seem like your child finds mealtime not to be so enjoyable. They might even have some physical symptoms when eating. You might be behaving in ways that you haven't behaved in years in which you are trying to do your best to get that food into your child's mouth and down their digestive tract. Yeah. I get you. I understand these mealtime behaviors. And you probably answered them in a certain way because guess what? Most children with diagnosed pediatric feeding disorders are supposed to score high on the behavioral pediatrics feeding assessment scale. Now we talk about children with food allergies. How do their parents respond to the same questionnaire? Do they respond like children who are eating in an age-appropriate way and do not have food allergies? No. Overall, children with food allergies are more likely to be eating a limited variety of foods. They might not be finding mealtime as enjoyable. They may have feeding refusal behaviors around mealtime. The parents might be feeling stressed out when trying to feed. Get the picture. If you have a young child with food allergies, do you have mealtime concerns? If you do, you are not alone. Probably most of your friends who have children with food allergies have some kind of concerns when it comes to their children and their mealtimes. Your child might be the one that doesn't like coming to the mealtime table. They may be the one whose diet isn't so varied or who is hesitant to eat. They might be feeling stressed when you're trying to feed your child. You might be using techniques to get your child to eat. 
This is perfectly understandable when you have a baby, a toddler, or a preschooler who has food allergies. As the mom or dad, you are responsible for many aspects of your child's food allergy management. Your child is likely too young to understand the ins and outs of allergy avoidance. You are there as a child protector, making sure that you are avoiding certain foods and preventing significant symptoms of food allergies. If that's not enough, guess what else you are doing? You're trying to promote healthy eating habits in your child. You are working on their social skills, and many of your social lives revolve around food. You are trying to honor the developmental reality that your child is getting more and more independent. Thus, not only are you managing the food allergies, but you're also trying to help them to grow. And you're managing some of this mealtime behavior that comes as children become more independent and decide that, you know, we're not going to really listen to mom or dad. You are facing moments when you feel like you just can't win. You want your child to go to another child's birthday party, but you think that food allergens will be there. You want to go on vacation. Stay in the hotel and eat out, but you worry about the lack of a kitchen in the hotel room and the potential for food allergy exposure at the restaurant. You worry about the lack of availability of your child's safe foods and your ability to store them if you're out of the house. I get you, and many families of children with pediatric feeding disorders get you. Both of you face mealtime challenges. Thus, my dear, there is a correlation between food allergies and feeding challenges. If you are the parent of a child with food allergies, the Dr. Evka platform, the one of the feeding physician, is for you. I'm so glad that you're here and that you're listening. Now, what do I tell my friend? The one who wondered why I included you in the podcast? The one who one who wondered what food allergies had to do with feeding challenges or challenges around food in young children? If she called me again, I would tell her, did you listen to this episode of my podcast? She might then ask, well, parents of children with food allergies don't have it as bad as those who have been diagnosed with pediatric feeding disorders. I would pause for a moment and then respond back. Please listen to my podcast. I love you. You're my friend, but I disagree. Internally, I would not be thinking, what, don't go bird. Nope, I'm a nice friend. And I tend to be a lot in my head. I would be thinking about the research studies. Feeding certainly can have its challenges in children with food allergies who do not fit the diagnostic criteria for pediatric feeding disorders. The average parent whose child has food allergies does not find feeding to be stress-free. And the average child with food allergies has not so fun mealtime behaviors. In fact, the parents of children with food allergies or with medical conditions like FPIs may find feeding to be even more stressful than that. Now, what if my friend pushes the topic? What if she also says, well, okay, some children with food allergies will have true feeding difficulties, just like some children with blue eyes will have feeding difficulties, and some children with brown eyes will have them too. At this point, I would want to give her a lesson in statistics, but she might be busy. She might not have time for the talk. She would have to do something else, and I would have to explain it to her in a different way instead. Let's say that she gives me only another minute to tell her something. 
Then I would tell her that children who went to the gastrointestinal clinic at one particular children's hospital in London. Yes, I know that this is not a study done in the United States, but for some of you, your listeners, you are international. Plus, you know, there's a lot of similarities between children all over the world because we're still humans. Anyway, the workers at the clinic saw children day in and day out for feeding difficulties. It seemed like the place for families to go if their children did not feed in an age-appropriate way. The healthcare workers would tell the parents to describe their children. What else did the children have? Were there any other medical symptoms or were there other difficulties with feeding? Guess what? There were. Many of the children had signs of these non-IgN mediated food allergies. They have vomiting, bloody bowel movements, and constipation, all signs of potential food allergies within a few hours of eating food, specific food. Now, you would argue that where else would these children with feeding challenges go? If you had a child with vomiting, bloody bowel movements, constipation, or even weight loss, would you want a doctor who specializes in the digestive tract to look at them? But still, it's not like there's an absence of children with food allergies in the group of children who have feeding difficulties. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Feeding Handbook Podcast, formerly known as the Feeding Made Easy Podcast. So glad you're listening. See you here again around the same time next week. And if you want me to share your story about your child when it comes to feeding, let me know. If you'd like to suggest the topic of another episode, let me know. Contact me by leaving something in my YouTube channel, the Feeding Handbook YouTube channel, or going to my website, the website uh, Feeding Handbook or the Feeding Physician. And one more thing, if you're listening to this podcast, please like it. If you're watching the YouTube video, please like it as well. Just hit like just below this video. And if you're feeling especially generous, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thank you.